1: Uh, This is the Sunday that we like to take time to uh, recognize, particularly our children that are going back to school. Many of our kids have already started school again. Others uh, will be going back over the next couple of weeks. And I am happy for the children and the young adults that are returning to school and to college. Amen. How many of you parents, go ahead, don't be ashamed. You're happy they're going back too. (laughs) Amen. Now, and these should be exciting times for our children, right? But I'm just going to jump right in the deep end of the pool uh, of my sermon right off the bat. I usually like to ease in, but I'm just going to jump into the deep end and kind of tell you where we're going here today. But I'm also concerned for many of our children because they're returning to an environment of fear and an environment of apprehension. And with all the increased attention on covid and the restrictions that are being put in place in their learning environments. Uh, Kids are going back, and it's really not the way going back to school ought to be. Amen? Now, I'm not going to get into the mask debate today because I love and respect people on both ends of the perspective and with very different opinions on the subject. I have my own opinions, but I also believe the pulpit is not a place for me to try to convince you of my opinions. Amen. I've never done that. I won't abuse that privilege. Amen. I think uh, that's not my place. But I will say this. We must address this culture and the spirit of fear that is trying to exert control over us again like it did last year. And we need to stand up against it and recognize it for what it is. Come on, somebody. We cannot operate from a place of fear, and we cannot allow ourselves to go back into that headspace again. Can the church say amen? amen? See, the devil is a liar. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Amen? Now, make no mistake. This is not just about science and medicine and politics and people's opinions. There is a spirit of fear that is trying to destroy us as believers and destroy us as a people. Now, I'm just going to give you a little bit of proof. Oh, my word. <laughs> the more you wipe, the worse it gets. <laughs> Joe, would you mind? Because I, I, I'm i blind, and I'm even worse with these. Hey, man, he's, he's a glass wearer. He's a professional glasses cleaner. Amen. Don't try this at home. Now, I've really got to pray, Lord, help me to read these notes. I've got an 18 font, and I still can't see. Amen. Now, but here's the proof about what I'm talking about, about fear. 18 months ago, and let me me put this disclaimer out. This is not an anti-COVID rant or or, or anything like that, okay? I'm going to qualify myself. 18 months ago, they told us 15 days to flatten the curve. And here we are, still afraid, still running around worried, a year and a half later, there's fear that's behind this. They told us that wearing masks would stop the spread. And after 15 months of wearing masks, we're still wearing masks, and even vaccinated people are being told to wear masks, and yet people in our country are what? Still full of fear. They told us that once enough people get COVID and had antibodies, that we would have herd immunity, and it would slow and eventually stop the spread. Well, guess what? Apparently, that's not working either. So here we are still in a place of fear. They told us that vaccines would solve the problem, and we've had vaccines now available for nine months, and I don't care if you're pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. That's not what this is about. But apparently, that's not working either. Thank you, Joe. Amen. They still want vaccinated people to mask up, and social distance, and they say your vaccine won't protect you now from getting COVID, and they want you to get booster shots. All this, and we are still living in fear. Amen. Now, I know COVID is real, okay? You can't tell me it's not. I got it last year, and I was very sick. You didn't really see how sick I was because I was out of town when I had it, and when I got home, I was still sick. I have friends who died from COVID. I have a friend that I went to college with that died this week from COVID. I have pastor friends who barely survived COVID. I have a pastor friend who just got out of the hospital from COVID pneumonia, and I'm going to be helping him and his church by preaching for them soon while he recovers. But having said all that, folks, hear me. We cannot live in fear. Amen. I'm going to help somebody today. We can't live in fear. They're forcing kids to wear masks to school, and kids rarely get COVID, and these children are living in fear. And if you don't think our kids are being affected by all this socially, emotionally, developmentally, psychologically, you're wrong. Amen? Now, this past week, our student pastor, Clarissa Buckley, told me that we have large numbers of our students, elementary, middle, and high school alike, that are extremely fearful. And I'll be honest, this kind of took me a little bit by surprise. She said, and I'm using her words, some of them are terrorized about going back to school this year. Life church family, hear me. That is not the will of God. That's not the will of God. Our kids should not be afraid. I'm talking back to school weekend. Our kids should not be afraid to go to school. And they should not be afraid that they're going to catch a disease and die. There is a better way and a proper way for us to process this. Where we are as a society right now, and I believe as believers, living in fear is not the way. Can I get a little help from somebody today? Now, I felt to pray about that very thing last Sunday in the altar call. I don't know if you caught it or not, at the end of the 11 a.m. service. But this culture of fear and conformity to fear is not the will of God. And I'm telling you, I recognize it. I said, "Uh, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. It's the same spirit that tried to control us back in March, April, and June of 2020. Amen. And I'm going to tell you right now, the devil is a liar. We are wise to his devices, and we will not be bowed down by fear. So today, I want to address this and hopefully help alleviate some of the fear of not only our students, but also the parents and families as well. Amen? Let's go to Matthew 6.25. And by the way, I've had a little bronchitis this week. That's why my voice is a little strained. And to prove to you that I'm not all anti-science, I went and got a COVID test on Wednesday, and I'm okay, amen. I didn't want to come here and potentially bring you any COVID bugs. So uh, thank God for my antibodies, amen. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? But seek first first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Notice verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I want to preach to you on this subject today, the believer's advantage. The believer's advantage. We have an advantage that our world does not have, and it's time for us to capitalize on it and for us to walk in it. Amen? Jesus asked a lot of interesting questions during his ministry here on earth. In verse 27 of Matthew chapter 6, which we just read, he said, Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? See, he was asking us if worry has ever added anything of value to your life. He wasn't saying don't think about tomorrow, but he was saying don't worry about tomorrow. Now, he wasn't saying don't plan or don't ponder. He was warning us, though, against worry, against excessive fear. And he wants us to face the future, even the uncertain season that we are in, yet again right now, with an attitude of faith. Come on, somebody. Instead of fretful anxiety and worry that is trying to creep back into the body of Christ. Come on. So he appeals to our common sense with a simple question. Why worry? Here's a little song I wrote. (laughs) Y'all remember that? Amen. Be happy. (laughs) Don't worry. Amen. Amen. Good theology in that song. See, numerous times in this passage, he says, why worry? Don't worry. Why do you worry? And as believers, we are supposed to be people of faith and peace. Can the church say amen? Now, why am I calling this a life of peace and faith? And why am I calling this sermon the believer's advantage? Look at John chapter 14 and verse 27. Look what Jesus says he's given to us. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. And look what he says I want you to do with this gift I give you. Don't be troubled or afraid. Amen. Amen. See, this is not only a promise, but it also ought to be a reminder to us that God has given us a peace. He called it peace of mind and of heart that the world and its systems and its thinking cannot give to us. And what did he say? He said, don't be troubled and don't be afraid. Amen? 2 Thessalonians 3 and 16 says this, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace. Notice, When? at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all, amen? Not just in the good times, not just in the bad times, not just in the time, in all times and in every situation. I hope you caught that. All times, every situation. How many of you maybe would consider yourselves worry warts. This is a guilt-free zone. Raise your hand if you think you're a worry wart. How many of you are like me and you are a recovering worry ward and you're really doing good keeping it beat down? Okay, the rest of us. How many of you just never worry about anything at all? Amen? Okay, I see a couple of hands, not very many. But hear me. I used to be a worry wart. Now, I've gotten past that for the most part except for the occasional moments where I let my guard down but we all worry about a lot of different things, don't we? But hear me. It's so, there's this big lie. We don't really say it, but there's this big lie that accompanies worry. And here it is. We think that by worrying, we can somehow control the uncontrollable. We, we, we don't say it, but most of us think if I worry about it, my kids, my wife, My marriage, my job, the economy. If I worry about it, then somehow I have some measure of control over the uncontrollable. Hear me, that is a lie because the truth is worry does nothing for you other than make you miserable. Amen. It's true. Did you know the root word for worry comes from the English root word which means to choke or to strangle? That's pretty appropriate, isn't it? Amen. That's a pretty good word picture of worry choking and strangling. Because worry and fear, like nothing else, will strangle the life out of you. Come on, somebody, and it will choke the happiness out of you. Did you know the Greek word for worry means a divided mind? I divided mine. So it's like this internal tug of war. Even in believers, come on, it's time for us to be honest about this. There's this internal tug of war where I know I'm supposed to walk by faith, but then sometimes I get really afraid. Uh, My kids are scared. Somebody in my family sick. My job is telling me i got to do this or I might lose my job. My situation is like this. And we've got this pull back and forth, this worry, this anxiety. Have you ever heard anybody say, man, I'm worried sick? You might be, literally, because worry can make you physically ill. It can make you mentally broken. It can make you depressed. How many of you know what I'm talking about here today? Worry can mess you up royally if you don't watch out. Proverbs 12 12 and verse 25 says this. Look, worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word, cheers a person up. How many of you, you've got these people in your life? You know who they are. Don't raise your hand. Don't point at them them if you're sitting next to one of them. Amen. But there's people in your life that you just love to go and be around them because they always just encourage you. You know who they are, right? You see them coming down the hall, and you're going to go out of your way just so you can cross paths. I know they're going to cheer me up. They're going to say something nice. Then there's other people. Everybody say other people. Those people who don't understand the concept of an encouraging word. (laughs) I'll just leave it at that. Those are the people that we try to avoid, right? You know why? Because people and and things and non-encouraging words and fear, it pulls us down. It gets us in an unhealthy place. It gets us in a posture where faith is limited and cannot operate. That's why you got to control. I preached a sermon probably 25 years ago. If you lie with dogs, you get fleas. Amen. You got to be careful who you hang out with, who you talk to, the words that are coming out of your mouth, the things that you hear. Come on, somebody. Because we cannot let the spirit of fear get a hold of us again as the body of Christ. Proverbs 14 and verse 30, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Peace leads to health. Worry causes more fatigue and stress than hard work ever did. And if we were to pray as much as we worried, you know what, you'd probably have a whole lot less stuff to worry about, wouldn't we? As believers, though, we have an advantage John chapter 16, verse 33, the words of Jesus. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Well, Pastor, you just don't understand what I'm dealing with right now. No, I don't. But aren't you glad you're not in Afghanistan trying to escape? Aren't you glad you're not in a boarded-up house on the Louisiana or Mississippi coast right now getting ready to get hit by what could be a Category 4 hurricane? You see, if you're going to start comparing yourself, let's compare ourselves to everybody in the world. Let's compare ourselves to the people that are starving, the people that that don't have a future, the people that are being killed for their faith. Let's compare ourselves there. If you really want to talk about worry, amen, and anxiety, Here's what I'm trying to say. If you are a believer, and mom and dad, with your kids going back to school, aunts, uncles, grandparents as well, church body. By the way, you might be saying right here today, you say, well, I don't have any kids, so this message doesn't really apply to me. I don't. No, 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 hear me. We are the body of Christ, and how many of you know it takes a village to raise? Come on, somebody. We all need to speak and pray over our kids. We need to send them back to school with confidence. Come on, it starts right here. Tell your kids no weapon formed against them shall prosper. Amen. Come on. Tell your kids that mask or no mask, it is the Lord who protects them. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you right now. It is the Lord who will see them through. Amen. It is the Lord who controls our destiny. Amen. Can I just, I want to say this. I, I, I might not should, but I feel like I need to say this. I'm not weighing into the pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine thing. That's not my place. But I will say this. Some of you, you may end up having to take a vaccine that you, that you don't want to have. I don't know if you're going to have to do it or not. Some of you, your jobs might require it. I don't know. But let me just tell you something else. God can still take care of you and protect you in that situation. Amen. Pray over your kids. Pray over them that the psychological and the social handicap that they're dealing with as as a developing child does not harm them. I believe you've got that that advantage as a believer, amen? Overcome the negative messaging with faith-filled, positive prayers and encouragement. Because hear me, you set the tone at home of what your kid's school experience can be, amen? You have an advantage as a believer. Now, I should also ask this question, are you? A believer. Now, I don't mean do you believe in God or in some supreme creator of the universe, but more specifically, do you profess to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Well, first of all, if you're not sure how to answer that question, we need to fix that today. Amen because you got a whole lot more important things to worry about than COVID or the economy, amen, or any of that kind of stuff, amen. I want to make sure that you have accepted the Lord into your life and you have allowed him to be Lord of your life and to set you on a path for eternity, amen. But hear me, if you already profess to be a follower of Jesus Christ, how much is he really Lord of your life? This is just a real practical question. Because if he is Lord of your life, are you ready? Can I say it? Why are you panicking? Come on, somebody. Amen. Oh, you're supposed to cheer us up. I am. Is God in your control of your life or not? Do you believe that he takes care of you or not? If you tithe, do you believe that he will bless your finances or not? If you get sick, do you believe that he is a healer or not? Amen. Amen. See, I'm not trying to make light of anybody's anxiety, and this is not an oversimplification to an answer about worry and doubt and fear. But I am saying those things need to be put in their place if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Come on. Hear me. Go to school with confidence. Young people, go to school with confidence. Go to work. Elders and and working class people in this church, go to work with confidence. Come to church with confidence. Amen. Oh, I'm I'm scared. I'm scared. Don't be scared. Just come to church and worship and get your praise on anyhow. Amen. Faith has to take priority over this resurgence of fear. Amen. Belief must be supreme over unbelief. Hear me, can I just say it as plain as I can? We cannot allow ourselves to be hoodooed back into the situation we were in last year. We can't do it. Confidence must be king over cringing and fear. Well, because I have the believer's advantage. Either it really is greater is he that is in me, or it isn't. See, faith is not really faith until it's been put to the test. But allowing myself to cave into fear is not in the equation if I am a believer. And I'm just going to say this too. I, I, I think this needs to be said. We also need to quit judging people by how they respond in faith. Or how they, can I just say it, or how they deal with COVID. Amen. If you're an, I'm just going to make it plain. If you're an anti-masker, you do not have the right to, call, to say that somebody that wears a mask doesn't have any faith. You don't have that right, amen? If you're pro-vaccine, you don't have any right to belittle or, or act like somebody that doesn't want to take the vaccine, isn't as smart or enlightened or they're not following that. You don't have that right, amen? God trying to help us. We're the body of Christ, Amen. We've got to quit taking sides and fighting because that's another thing the enemy likes to do. He likes to use our co- compound, our fear, and then he uses our pride to cause us to be in a position of discord and disunity. Somebody give God a praise. It's the truth anyhow. You do you, and I'll do me. How hard is that? Thank you, Davina. This is good preaching. Hallelujah. Preach it, Pastor Buddy. Amen. Folks, that's how we get, we get all messed up. You wanna, can, I, can I prove it to you? Because if it wasn't COVID, it would be an election. If we're not fighting over elections, we're fighting over race. If we're not fighting over race, we're fighting over denominational issues. If we're not fighting over denominational, I'm talking about in the church, we're having worship wars. Oh with well, this kind of music is going oh and I don't like elevation and I don 't like Maverick City and i don 't like this kind of guy oh you need to be doing this or we 're talking about worship traditions or we take communion too much or we don't take communion not enough or they 're too loud, the music 's too loud, the music's too soft. Why is he preaching in blue jeans? why don 't he Come on, it never stops. Can I tell you one problem we have in the body of Christ? We love to major on the minors. We love to pick on anybody that doesn't think the way we do, act the way we do, dress the way we do, vaccine or no vaccine the way we do, mask or not mask the way we do. Come on, you do you, me do me, but let's not let fear creep in to the body of Christ. Some of y'all love what I'm saying. Some of y'all, you're like, man. Man. This is my Alpha and Omega. I'm done with this guy. But see, it really comes down to a simple question. Are you a practicing believer or a professing believer? (laughs) Is this something you profess to be? Or is this something you practice in your everyday life? Amen? See, Jesus says you can tell by what is dominating your thoughts. Jesus also th- said this in verse 30. If God cares for the flowers, won't he care for you? God has promised to take care of you if you'll just trust him. He's your heavenly father. God says, I'm your heavenly father. You don't have to worry where the next paycheck is coming from if you trust me. You know, what? I, I didn't put this in my notes. I wish I would have. You know, the Bible talks about, man, I can see really good over here. You know the Bible talks about if we have childlike faith. Now I'm blind again, amen. No, not really. If we have childlike faith, it's so much easier to live our lives. I'm looking for my grandson. Is he he in here or did he go out? He's in the nursery. You know what I love about children? You have children. Some of you have grandchildren. You'll say, hey, son, jump. I'll catch you. Okay. Boom. There they go. Right out in the middle of the air. Hey, eat this. It's good for you. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, eat it. I promise it's good for you. Mm, Yeah, thank you. Hey, take my hand. We're going somewhere. We're going to go run some errands. And they just grab your hand and they walk out and they climb in the car seat and there you go. It's, It's blind, loving allegiance to a father or a mother that they trust. Take me where I need to go, Daddy, because you're in control. Amen. Show me what I need to know, Daddy, because you're in charge. Amen. I, 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 don't know, I don't know where the money's coming from. Mason cracks us up because he's, he, every time we go somewhere, he wants to buy a toy, buy a toy, buy a toy. And finally, the other day, and we were on vacation, and every time we went past, the, they had a store there on the place, and there were toys in there. He always wanted to go in and get a toy. And we're like, no, you can't get a toy. His Aunt Lauren bought him some toys on day one, and he thought that was the goal, every day of vacation. I was like, no, that's not going to happen. And there was a sign. It was basically telling you the story. out. He said, see that sign? I said, yeah. I said, he said, you know what that sign says? I said, what? Well, it says, come in here and buy toys. <laughs> I don't think that's what it says. Yeah, that's what it says. And every time, so sometimes we would go in there, and he'd be wanting a toy, and I'd say, no, no, Mason, we can't buy any toys. He said, why? Well, I said, I'm not going to spend money on that. We've already spent money on toys. And, and then we say, he said, well, I've got money. I said, well, where's your money? And he was like, and he said, mommy's got money. <laughs> Kids just put their trust And folks, when did we stop having that kind of faith in Jesus? I'll tell you when it happened, when life happens, when stuff happens, when fear happens, when we start listening to all these different voices, amen. But Jesus said, I'm your father. You don't have to worry. And with the believer's advantage, you got to remember, you don't look to any person, any project, any job as the source of your supply. We look to God as our source, amen? See, if you're really a child of God, if you've stepped across the line and said, Jesus Christ, I want you in my heart, I want to be in God's family, and I give everything to you, are you ready? Then God has assumed responsibility for your needs. Come on, hallelujah. Philippians 4.19 says this, And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You see, excessive worry, and I said excessive because everybody worries a little bit from time to time. If you don't, we need to do a pulse check on you. Amen? But excessive worry always indicates that there's some little level of misunderstanding or lack of confidence that God is really my source in this situation. Now, I know that might sound a little harsh, but let that sink in. Because if I misunderstand what he's like, then I can't trust him. And if I can't trust him, then I'm going to worry and I'm going to fret about everything in my life all of the time. See, so the issue today is not are we in a crisis because we're in one, because one day, though, this crisis is going to be gone, and we're going to move on to the next crisis. I haven't been on this earth very long, but I know one thing, there's always something that we're worried about. Amen? But the issue is, who do you think God is, and do you really trust Him? I want to talk to you real quickly before I wrap up. I want to give you just four quick points about what we, the advantages that we have as believers. Are you ready? Students and parents. As you or your kids go back to school, I want to remind you of a few advantages that we have. Right, number one, here's a believer's advantage provision. Everybody say provision. As a believer, God is your source. Don't forget that. Many of you, you're sending your kids back to school and you've got needs. Here at Life Church, we recently purchased thousands of dollars worth of backpacks and school supplies for children in Ghana. <laughs> to God be the glory. Amen. We just recently sent some money to an orphanage in the Philippines to God be the glory. But guess what? The Lord kind of reminded me this week, there's some needs that we have right here in this church for teachers and students, school supplies, school clothes, backpacks, even foods for, uh, food for lunches. But here is your advantage as a believer. Are you ready? God is not only your provider, He is your provision. Come on, don't forget that, amen? He's not only my provider, he's my provision. I think so often we forget God will provide. Look at Philippians 4 and 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Amen. So Life Church family, we've helped others, and we're going to do something unorthodox here today to help you. We've never done this. But the Lord spoke to me this week, and we don't have a bunch of extra money laying around. But we have purchased $50 gift cards for every student in this church, pre-K through grade 12. And parents, you can pick them up after service at the Welcome Center. No questions asked. Amen. If you've got six cards, if you've got six kids, that means six cards. If you got one kid, that means one card. Not $50 per family, $50 per student. If we run out of cards, we'll get some more this week, and we'll get some for you. Now, you might say, well, that may not meet all my needs. But you know what? I wanted to remind you, God is your source. And God's family is your source. (laughs) Amen? We are the people of God. How are we going to do this? It's an honor system. After service, you go to the welcome center, you tell them how many kids you have, and they're going to give you the gift cards. Plain and simple. Now, I know this money won't get everything you need, but I pray it blesses you and reminds you that God is your provision. Quit being afraid. Trust God. As a matter of fact, you know what we need to do? We've got to stop speaking so much fear. And you know what? We're going to do an exercise right now And I want you to join me. We're going to speak some faith. We're going to audibly speak the Word of God over our situation. We're going to put some scriptures up on the screen. I'm going to try to read it slowly. Media guy, keep up with me. We're going to pause for punctuation. We're going to worship. How many of you are ready to stop speaking fear? Amen? If you're able to stand, I want you to stand with me. Are you ready? We're going to start with 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need, and plenty left over to share with others. Hallelujah! You need to speak these words over your life. Matthew seven nine through eleven. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish? do you give them a snake? I'm waiting for this. Yeah. Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Hallelujah. <laughs> Deuteronomy 31 and verse 6, are you Ready? So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. If you believe that, give him a praise. Come on, we got to stop speaking fear. We got to start talking faith. We are the people of God. Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Hallelujah. (laughs) Psalm 121, all eight verses. Are you ready? I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. Let's give God a praise. Come on, let's do it right now. Father, we thank you. God, I believe you. You are my provision. You are my provision. You know what else he is? You may be seated. He's also your protection. He's also your protection. Now, I know this is on people's minds right now more than ever before. But while the obvious need is for protection from sickness, let's not forget to come before the Lord asking for protection of our children's hearts and their minds from the things that are being taught from the systems of this world. Now, I don't want to offend anybody, but I just got to say this, amen. As our kids go back to school, we've got to pray that they are protected from the LGBTQ agenda that has taken our world and our school systems by storm. You need to pray over your children, amen. We need to pray against this transgender delusion that is being forced upon our kids, amen. Now, I think we need to love everybody in all conditions of life, in all stages of understanding. But that's not enough in this world right now. They want to force us to adopt and endorse. We cannot do that as the people of God. And that's not politics. That's biology. This is God's creation. We need to stay focused on how God called us to be technology and television and music and social media and sometimes their own classmates in school, our kids are being bombarded with things that are not God's best and are certainly not God's design for them. Parents, I understand why you're afraid. Your kids are facing choices, sometimes multiple times a day, that many of us have never had to even consider. Man, our kids are making choices about stuff that when I was their age, I didn't even know existed. And in those moments, they're going to decide to choose God's way or the world's way. We're praying for God to protect them. And guess what, folks? That's part of our advantage as believers, amen? We have that right. Speak faith. Another advantage, I'm trying to hurry. Come on up, praise team and musicians. Come on up, Or, or Clarissa and the musicians. Our praise team's gonna stay. We're gonna pray with you in just a moment. Another advantage we have is his presence. Everybody say presence. We all know that God is everywhere. He is, right? But the Scripture makes it clear we have the choice to ask for His presence to be with us or not. We have the privilege of of being able to invite the Lord to walk with us. I don't want there to be any doubt that I want the Lord surrounding our children and their classmates and their teachers and our schools. My wife used to do this. I'm giving her the credit because it wasn't me. I was just along for the ride. But when my girls were little, every morning that they went to school, or or before they walked out the door, usually it was in the car, she would pray over them the whole armor of God. Amen? Sometimes we would have other kids riding in the car with us. Guess what? She would pray over them too, to put on the whole armor of God. We need to start practicing God's presence, praying for His presence. Ask the Lord to go with your kids to go before them to go behind them to go beside them to go everywhere they go and to be with everyone they meet because God's presence is everywhere but you know what I want him close and you want to know how you get him close look at Psalm 145 and verse 18 the Lord is close to all who call on him yes to all who call on him in truth and the last believer's advantage I want to mention, as our kids go back to school, is peace. Everybody say peace. Have you ever watched the beauty contest? I remember when we were kids, it used to come on. It used to be a really big deal. I don't think it's that big, a big deal anymore. But at the Miss America contest at the very end, they'd always ask the finalists, what do you want? And nine out of ten of them would say, world Peace. I mean, who doesn't want world peace, right? <laughs> Turn on the news, no hurricanes, no trouble in Afghanistan, no, no terrorist, no political fighting, you no know this, no that. We all want that. But you know what? As a believer, we've got an advantage over this world. We have the peace that passes understanding. Understanding. We have peace that passes understanding. That's why when our loved ones do get sick, we're still afraid and we don't want them to die, but we have peace because we know that our sovereign God is in control and he knows all things well. When the economy is being tested, when our jobs are being threatened, we might have a little anxiety, but you know what, underlying that is a foundation of peace because we know God is our provision, not just our provider. And hear me, I don't want you to miss this. You get peace not by just asking God to change your circumstances, but by asking Him to change your hearts and perspective when our circumstances don't change. Please don't miss that. Peace doesn't come by getting your circumstances changed. Peace comes by getting your heart changed in the middle of your circumstances. That's how you can have peace in the midst of a storm. When you can't control what is around you, you know what you can do? Put it in the hands of the one who can. When you invite worry in the front door of your heart, faith goes out the back. And if I'm a believer, I've got to leave some things in God's hands, and i got to lay it at His feet, and I cannot try to control the uncontrollable. See, you can't do all things. But you can do all things through Christ. Amen. I want you to stand with me all over this room. Please don't anybody misconstrue what I've said today about COVID or masks or vaccines. I'm not here to belittle anyone. I'm not here to draw lines. But I I am drawing a line here. We cannot allow fear to manipulate us again like it did last year. And I'm telling you, I see it. It's the same spirit that manifests itself in March, April, May into June of 2020. And we've got to put that thing down and reject it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You do, hear me, you do whatever you got to do for the best uh, safety of your family. Amen. You do what you feel like is right. But please don't do it because you're afraid. Because fear is not of God. Amen. I'm going to ask our student pastor, Clarissa Buckley, to close our service today with a special prayer for our students and our teachers and their families. Oh, by the way, I'm going to say this last thing I'm talking about teachers. We've also need, we need to quit blackballing every teacher and administrator in the public school system. Come on, I need a little help. There's a lot of good godly teachers. We got some in this room right now. There's a lot of good godly principals and school administrators and school board officials. And you know what? They are pushing back as hard as they can. Some of them are pushing in the spirit. Some of them, come on, some we need to pray for them. I said we need to pray for them. Amen. That God protects them and gives them wisdom and uses them as influencers in their schools. We need to pray for them and believe that God's going to do it. Clarissa, why don't you come? She's going to close our service for us today. Amen.
0: We want to ask all the students, if you are a student, I don't care if you're nursery age or how old you are, if you're going back to school, we want you to come to the front. If your parent wants to come with you, that's fine. But we want all our students to come boldly to the front. Young people, I'm talking to you. Our little ones, let's all, and you can come with your parents, that's fine, but we want them all to come to the front. This is an important moment for our students. This is an important prayer that we're gonna pray over our students. Let's give everyone some time. Everyone come to the front. You guys look awesome. Don't they look awesome? They're great. Today we're gonna pray a special prayer over our children. But what, and over our students. But I always give our students two things we have to talk about before we pray. The first thing is I need everyone to take a deep breath. Let it out. That breath comes from God. So when we pray, we have to use our words and speak out loud because he gives us every breath and we have to speak life. So when we pray together, I don't like to pray by myself. I wanna hear everyone praying together. That goes, however little you are, however big you are. We're all gonna use our voice to pray out loud because there's power in that. Second is we're all gonna lift our hands. Everyone lift your hands like this. This is not just some fun Christian tradition. It's a symbol of saying I'm letting go, like this. Letting go of fear, letting go of anxiety, and I'm saying, God, I'm all yours. I'm letting it go. So that's why we were going to lift our hands and we're going to speak out loud. This past Friday, we had a powerful service where we talked about three young people in the Bible named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I encourage parents to read that story to your children this week. But these were three young people that were living in a country. They loved God, but everyone around them was trying to conform. Everyone around them They were told if they did not worship this false God, they were gonna be put in a fiery furnace. These weren't adults, these were young people. How many of you guys know some of our young people are being told to do things that is not of God? It's a big deal. The government at that time, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, was telling them they had to do something that was not of God, and they had to stand up. And they didn't know if God was gonna save them. They were told if they bowed down, if they if they listened, nothing was going to happen. But if they followed God, they were going to be put in a fiery furnace. How many of you guys know some of our students are facing a fiery furnace when they go to school? Some of our teachers are teaching in some fiery furnaces. But in that fiery furnace, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, you know what, it's worth it to live for God. I don't care if I lose my life. When they were in that fiery furnace, Jesus showed up. He was in that fiery furnace with them. And that's what we're going to pray over our students, that they would have faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to stand up against what everyone else is doing, against the status quo, against the culture, and say, I'm going to follow God. And God's going to show up in their classrooms. God's going to show up in their schools. But we have to pray as the body of Christ. So that's how I'm going to pray today. But I don't want to pray by myself. I want us to pray over our students to help them be young people that stand up for Jesus. So we're all gonna lift our hands and we're gonna pray together. And I want us to pray with power. I talked to our kids about this with power. This isn't just a needle prayer. God has given us so much, and we want to say, God, we're taking advantage of all of those believers' advantages that you've given us. So let's begin to pray together. If you want to pray over a student, you can put your hand on them if they're comfortable. If you don't have a student here, pray for a student. Stand in the gap for a student that's not here. Say their names out loud. This is gonna be a powerful. Prayer. God's about to do something awesome with our students. This is just the start. This is just the beginning, but we're going to pray a prayer covering over them. So let's all close our eyes. Let's all use our voices and we're going to pray together. Dear Jesus, I pray over our students. I pray over our parents. I pray over these families, God, that are going back to school and they're being asked to stand. They're being asked to stand up for things that are not of you. I pray that, God, they would not conform to the things of this world, that they would know that if they put their trust in you, that you're going to protect them. I pray over our students when they go in the classroom, that they would push back darkness, that they would have faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and that they would stand up against what's wrong, and they would stand for what is right. Even when everyone around them, when it's not popular, we pray that you would give them the words to say, pray you would protect them that they would not bow down to the things of this world but that they would stand up for what is right we pray over our teachers over our school administrators over anyone that has a touch on a child or a student i pray that you would be with them that they would not let the fear of this world become bigger than what our god is i pray that when our students walk through a fiery furnace would know that God is with them, that God is going to show up, that God is going to not leave them alone. God, your word says you are with us everywhere we go. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. I pray that that promise would become true for our children, that they would believe it and they would know. I pray that you would pray over our families, not just on Sunday, but you would be with our families Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. would seek your word, that they would want to be close to you, that they would hear your voice, and they would be led by you, Jesus, for their families. We pray for protection over their jobs, over their finances, over their relationships, God, anything that would want to tear our families apart. We believe that, God, you are bigger than abuse. You are bigger than any of these things, God, that would want to tear marriages apart. I pray that you'd bring unity in our homes, that, God, we would stand that we won't bow down to the things of this world. We won't just do the status quo. I pray that when these students pray that they would hear your voice, that they would see things happen. And beyond that, when they take a stand, I pray that they would be a witness to their friends around them. There are friends around them that are battling anxiety and depression and they don't know who Jesus is. I pray when our students take a stand that God, you would let it bring more people to you. Other people would see that they have light, and they want to be a part of that light. They want Jesus. I pray over our families. Let's all just keep praying over our students. God is here. Any fear, we're going to push back. Our God is bigger. We are trusting in Your provision. We are trusting in Your protection. We are trusting in Your peace. We are speaking life in Jesus' name over our students. Fill us with Your Spirit. Anything, God, that would try to separate us from You, this. families these are yours god you bought them on the crew you bought them with a price you're going to take care of us god we're going to trust in you i pray that this would be a prayer not just for today but that this prayer would be every day through this school year, that we would see that this is the best school year that we're going to see that it's not going to be like the last time but we're going to see that our students are going to start a wave of revival of of peace across our schools in jesus name and jesus name let's keep praying for our students Let's keep praying that God's going to be with them. There's a lot of fear in this room, but I pray that that would end today. Our families are yours, God. We're not letting the enemy take advantage of us anymore. We have the believer's advantage. You are bigger. You are stronger. I pray for our students, God, that, God, they would have friendships that honor you, that their eyes would be protected from the things that they see, that they wouldn't let any evil come into their eyes, that, God, they would know that that they follow you shamelessly, that God, you're gonna be with them, that they're gonna live a blessed life, that they're not have to worry about depression or suicide or any of this anxiety because they're staying close to you. I pray they would know that you are for them, that they don't have to wait till they're 18 to have a relationship with you. I pray that this would be a mark in the a line in the sand that they're not going back the way that they used to. Be with them, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Everyone say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I encourage our parents, pray over your students. Pray par- prayers of power. Not these pat cake prayers. Pray power over your students, or over your families. God is going to do something through this student ministry, through our families here in our community. So we're believing that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I
1: want to say, want to say one thing here before we go might think this doesn't matter, but these these prayers are significant and they're important. I just grabbed my grandson here. I can think of, I can count at least six generations in my family. He's the sixth generation that has been serving the Lord and walking in truth. My great-grandfather, my grandfather, my mother, myself, my children, Mason, and that's just how far I can go back. And I want you to know, guys, that doesn't happen by accident. Amen? I I can't take responsibility for what happened before me, but I can be thankful for those prayers that were prayed. Amen? So I just felt led to tell somebody here today, you might be the first generation in your family. You might be the second. Hold on, buddy. Hold on. We're almost done. You might be the second or third. I don't know what generation you are. But I just feel like today we need to draw a line and say, you know what? It starts with me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? We will not allow fear to manipulate us or dominate us or whatever. Amen? We're going to serve the Lord. So I don't care if you're first generation or 10th generation. Amen? You walk by faith and you say, we're going to make a difference for our families this year. Amen? Amen. Didn't Clarissa do a great job? One last prayer. Let's pray together. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for the people of God today. I pray that you would bless us. I pray that you would bless us, that we would walk by faith and not by sight. We pray a covering over everybody, even those who are walking, watching online that could not be here today. We pray for their children. We pray for the students. We pray for the teachers. We pray for your blessing over each and every one of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Don't forget, families with children, pre-K through grade 12, stop by the Welcome Center. We've got gift cards for you, and you can use them however you see fit. You're blessed in Jesus' name. We'll see you Wednesday night at First Wednesday Prayer. Amen.